0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan, how's it going?
0: It's going okay so far. The pending apocalypse has not yet happened. I was a little worried about that this week. I think I was warned two or three times that the end of the world was coming uh, with net neutrality being revoked and the tax bill being passed. But so far, on my end at least, Amy, the world has not ended.
1: You know, I have to be honest and tell you, I had to ask a number of people to explain net neutrality to me.
0: Well, I, I tried to explain a little bit to you over text. so
1: I know, but I was also asking at the office, and I was looking it up online. So I'm sure there are others like me who were just trying to figure out, depending on who you would hear from, is it a good thing, is it a bad thing? And I was sitting here thinking, but help me understand what the thing is. Yeah. So, but so far the world has not ended.
0: Yes, even with the passage of the tax plan. Right. So, and if you work at Verizon or AT and T or Boeing or Charter, I think you're you're getting a nice little bonus because of this too. So.
1: Yes, yeah, sounds like it. But I do not work for any of those places, and neither do you. No, we
0: don't. And <laughs> so. and being the fact that we work at nonprofits didn't really benefit us like it did some of the uh, the major corporations. So.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, speaking of working at nonprofits, we have a lot of friends that work up at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. They are committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders up there in Louisville, Kentucky. You can learn more about the undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs at Southern by visiting sbts.edu. We'll talk a little bit more about them later in the episode, a big graduation up there, as well as at many of our seminaries. And we'll talk about winter graduations here shortly, but uh, we're going to Kick things off this week, Amy, with the 2018 prayer emphasis for Southern Baptist in all things pray.
1: Yeah, so this is the month-long prayer emphasis. It's uh, starting things out on our SBC calendar, which if you don't know that that um, is out there, we do have a Southern Baptist Convention calendar resources at sbc.net to just look at things that Southern Baptist churches can focus on throughout the year. Um but the prayer emphasis is called In All Things Pray, and the idea is for churches to pray corporately for 60 minutes at least weekly in the month of January. So there's all kinds of, uh, resources that for how they will encourage that. Um, and Prayer Link is, it's a, an organization of prayer ministry leaders that, that helped the executive committee to develop the focus, so they have all sorts of uh, things in all things pray, uh, net is the uh, address, and so we've got the Baptist Press story that kind of explains all of it. But for those of you out there who you know have an opportunity of leadership in your churches, uh, this is a great thing to look into,
0: yeah. And there's even a, a 10 20 30 model uh, for corporate prayer, which includes 10 minutes of scripture reading, public leadership, and worship. 20 minutes of vocalized prayer request and 30 minutes of guided prayer, in an hour-long service. You probably could do that, uh, maybe as a family, or uh, just individually if you'd like. Uh, take that same 10, 20, 30 model, and uh, and do that as an individual or as a family. So that'd be a great way to kick off 2018. And there are also uh, four categories of prayer: family and friends, church and community, the United States and its peoples. And the world and its people groups. So uh, you got four directed uh, prayer uh, emphases, and, and like you said, Amy, in all things dot net. All right, we've got an update on some previous stories that we've been talking about here on the podcast last week. The big news out of Houston: uh, the the lawsuit against Judge Pressler, uh, and there has been some additions to that lawsuit uh, this week. Amy, uh, get us up to speed
1: it's really just kind of an update that uh, with a new story that hit this week that the attorney um, for the plaintiff in that case has, uh, has said uh, to the media that he's been receiving calls uh, with similar allegations and he is planning to include those who agree to be named in a disclosure document. Now uh, a lot of these, uh, motions and things are going to be coming after the first of the year. So so nothing has been done in court at this stage, but it was uh, something that got announced this week. So certainly a case that we, we have to continue um, tracking uh, because it's a very serious topic. The
0: lawyer also said that, uh, that he has amended the complaint and added a defamation claim against Woodfill, and uh, who is the, the law partner of Pressler and Pressler. Uh, because of some of the statements that they made about the the plaintiff, uh, and basically comparing that to the fact that Judge Presler had vouched for the plaintiff earlier in life, and now uh, you know they're they're adding a defamation because he's gone back on that. So a lot of updates to the case, and we will be following this as well, uh, you know, into 2018, like you mentioned, Amy. Uh, I think there is a, a hearing scheduled next month about a change of venue, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Another update that we have uh, in the legal realm, the housing allowance. Uh, We talked about that, the minister housing allowance that was struck down by a federal district judge in Wisconsin. Uh, That has been stayed for 180 days to allow for appeals and uh, the exhaustion of those fully expect this to be appealed. And uh, there's not really anything to report on other than the fact that you can still claim your housing allowance uh, inside that district court Uh, this year uh, because that does not go into effect across all the United States just in the district uh, that it was ruled on Uh, but that is still in play uh, and we will keep an eye on that one now also Amy we had some uh, recaps of some state convention news I know we talked a lot about the state conventions we go over each one and we talk about the new messengers we talk about the resolutions we talk about the CP uh, but Baptist Press kind of took three main pieces uh, the building sales the resolutions, specifically resolutions on racism, and the cooperative program splits from each states and kind of put together a kind of a recap of those three. Uh, I thought they were very helpful because uh, we can see that the state convention building sales have accumulated over the past few years and Colorado was the latest to Add their name to the list of state conventions who are selling their buildings.
1: One of the focuses in this article is on Colorado, but in addition, um, in the last, uh, decade, a lot of other ones have been, uh, selling their buildings. And this article from Baptist Press, it gives a full recap, uh, lists a lot of, uh, lists a number of other ones. Alabama, Wyoming, Florida, uh, Tennessee, Indiana, Iowa, um, the Baptist General Convention of Texas. Montana, Ohio, Missouri, and uh, Dakota. So a lot of states have been making these moves over the last 10 years. Um, and this is a, it's a very good and helpful recap. Uh, David Roach put this together. And also when you're looking at it, if you notice they have it tagged Baptist State Conventions. And when you click on that, you can actually uh, really see a lot of the the recaps from the most recent state convention meetings in particular. Um, but it is very fascinating to see this shift uh, that is happening as needs change. And so state conventions are uh, kind of moving with that.
0: Yeah. And we've, we've seen a lot of the, the physical plant changes, you know, with the buildings and, and with them uh, selling buildings and leasing different and smaller buildings but a lot of the ministries haven't really shifted with it. Some have I will say that uh, states have changed how they're doing ministry, what they're doing. they've changed because of technology and staff reductions, different things like that. M- many of them have, but many of them have not they've they've kind of doing the same thing just in a smaller building. so it'll be fascinating to watch that in the future to see if the the ministry structures and the the ministries offered by the state conventions. Begin more to match the changing in the, the the physical changes that are happening with the building. So uh, that'll be just something to watch in the future. Amy, one of the top ten stories that we'll talk about next week in our year-end recap will be uh, on the the alt-right resolution and all the racism uh, resolutions, and uh, that just that entire topic has it how it has affected the SBC over the past year. Uh, but ten state conventions actually passed racism-related. Resolutions this past fall.
1: Yeah, this is no surprise, um, as this conversation has continued into the fall, and a lot of state conventions wanted to echo what uh, was done at the national level. Um, some of them very closely mirror the um, alt-right resolution that was passed uh, in in Phoenix this summer, um, and then others, you know, had some different adjustments, maybe some some things that fit with their particular context. This is a good uh, a good recap story just laying out how this played out in these state convention meetings. So as you said, we'll cover how that discussion really over the entire second half of the year showed up uh, was really important. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see these resolutions.
0: And the final recap that was provided by Baptist Press, like we said, focuses on cooperative program splits and a leading the way where the Minnesota-Wisconsin Baptists, uh, who uh, had a 10% increase in what they were sending on from 22 to 32. Uh, but 20 states, Amy, boosted their CP up this year. I know we're kind of, you know, some of them small and incremental, some of them large like that Minnesota-Wisconsin-Baptist. Uh, but we're, you know, getting to that 50-50 point, we're getting there slowly. Uh, and some states are there and, and doing more every year. And uh, it's it's exciting to see that, you know, another year, another 20-state conventions moving closer to that uh, GCR goal of 50/50 splits
1: yeah so this is something we watch um, all the time and it's helpful to look at what states are doing sort of what trends are um, are happening and so this uh, this is this is pretty amazing you know 20 states there are 42 uh, total state conventions that send CP dollars uh, to SBC causes and so if you think about that then that's you know almost half increase their percentage.
0: Yeah and with the uh, the several you know seven to ten whatever it is uh, that have already gotten to that 50 percent line I mean you know we're looking at 30-ish state conventions out of 42 that are you know to that point you know either making progress or there so uh, that's exciting to see. Now finally Amy uh, a couple weeks ago I know at Southeastern and in this past week at Uh, several of the other seminaries. Y'all had graduation. And uh, so we've got graduation recaps from all six Southern Baptist seminaries, uh, Gateway, Midwestern, New Orleans, Southeastern, Southern, and Southwestern. So if you're interested in those, uh, a lot of information in those, it's exciting to see another great crop of students graduating from our Southern Baptist institutions.
1: Yes, and, and, uh, the fall semester graduation typically can be a little bit smaller than the spring one. Um, but it's still such a, uh, just a great day, uh, for everyone. And it's exciting to see our seminaries, uh, all sort of doing it. We get excited because we know that maybe we're maybe a week off, but we know that that it's happening everywhere. So we find ourselves thinking a lot around here about our sister institutions, um, and how this really is, you know, these are people heading out to do, um, to do ministry this is what the churches send them for and uh, so it's really exciting that kind of all across the country uh, we are sending these uh, men and women out uh, to do the work of the great commission and uh, so these are great recaps really recommend uh, everyone just checking all of them out and seeing uh, and seeing what's happening in all of our seminaries.
0: All right, Amy, that's going to do it for the news this week. But uh, I know we kind of have a, a bit of a short news week here, and uh, you know it's Christmas and all, and things are kind of slow, especially around the seminaries uh, because students aren't there anymore right now. Uh, but we did want to take a minute, and we'll have a big 2017 recap next week. But wanted to kind of add a new feature this year, and, and let Amy go all Barbara Walters on us here and uh, talk about the 10 most fascinating Southern Baptists of 2017. So, Amy, take it away.
1: Yes. Yeah, so this is kind of a... A takeoff, as you mentioned, on a show that doesn't come on anymore, but I used to really enjoy it. Was the most fascinating people of the year, and it was a Barbara Walters special. Um, I really loved it, and she would pick—you know, it wasn't it? She would pick people from different categories, uh, so it wasn't always like the number one, you know, news story. It was always people from uh, the world of politics, from the world of athletics, from the world of you know entertainment, whatever—just uh, people who did something in um in culture during that year. So I wanted to think about who are some of the most fascinating Southern Baptists of 2017. So I put together a list of 10. Uh, they are in no particular uh, order chronologically, so we just put them in alphabetical order by their last name. So uh, you can't, you know, so don't read anything into the order that they're in. Um, and really the idea was they had to have made some sort of impact to be fascinating this year uh, that might have been in our sort of Southern Baptist convention um, culture. It might have been a Southern Baptist, you know, someone who's a member of a Southern Baptist church who's making an impact on the broader culture for whatever reasons. So those were kind of the rules. They just have to be someone that is a Southern Baptist and is making um, an interesting, uh, making an impact. Um, So without further ado, I'm going to start going through them. And, uh, you can kind of give your thoughts as I, as I do it. So, number one, I selected Jerry Falwell. Thinking through, certainly, we've had many, um, Southern Baptists who have been part of sort of the political arena. And I've got a couple in spots on down the list as well. Uh, But a lot has been talked about as far as the um, advisory council to the president um, of the United States, people who have been involved and we haven't had very many Southern Baptists um, involved at sort of high levels in, in a while. And um, so there were a number of people who have been part of that, Mm -hmm. Uh, with President Trump, but I just found it interesting, Jerry Falwell, he's president of Liberty University. Liberty University is just growing, continuing to grow by leaps and bounds. Yeah, 100,000
0: plus students. I mean, and obviously not just with with the Trump influence, but also what he's doing and, and bringing in people to speak at convocation and just some of the the surrounding conversations about that. So yeah, uh, you know, that's hard to leave him off the list, Amy.
1: Right. So, and, and what you think about is, you know, one day maybe I'll get to be like Barbara Walters and actually, you know, interview all of these people and ask them questions, but thinking about who, who are people we'd like to sit down um, and ask questions about what they're doing. And I would definitely just be intrigued to, to hear more about Liberty and then to hear more, you know, he's been doing a lot when it comes to um, higher ed uh, as far as with, uh, with the president. And um, so anyway, Jerry Falwell was number one. All right. So number two, again, this is just in alphabetical order. Uh, I put, I picked Steve Green. Who is um, a Southern Baptist in Oklahoma, and uh, most people know him initially from uh, the Green family that owns Hobby Lobby. Uh, but this year, the reason that they were very important um, is because of the opening of the Museum of the Bible. And so this, uh, this was something that's obviously very important to the Green family. Most people have heard about this. We've talked about it a little bit on the, uh, on the pod. But, uh, the Museum of the Bible really just opened its doors, and I've already heard from a lot of folks that it's just a pretty incredible site. So we've got a few, um, a few articles. One is the Baptist Press article about the, uh, the museum opening. So that's from last month. And then also I found a Time Magazine article, um, that is a, an interview with Steve Green by Elizabeth Diaz, who's a really good religion writer. Uh, I think kind of is is one of those out there who really gets religion, and so is able to ask the right questions. So I think that's that's really interesting, and maybe gives a picture of if we were able to interview all of these people, what we might learn. All right. Now moving to number three. This is someone more who made an impact on Southern Baptists. I wanted to think about some of the pastors who maybe uh, made a difference or making a difference large scale and then also where they are. And so I picked a, a pastor who I've never met. I've just, you know, known about from a distance. Um, but it seems to be sort of a quiet servant and that's uh, Shane Hall. Um so Shane is uh Shane is a pastor in Oklahoma um at Firstdale City and a lot of people maybe were first introduced to him through uh his pastor's conference sermon this summer which uh that was the one when it was all over that I heard the most about um He has served faithfully in a lot of different areas in the SBC. He's currently the vice chairman of uh, the executive committee. He got reelected to that uh, earlier this year, then uh, preached at the pastor's conference and um, publicly has just been a real um, picture of faith because he's been dealing with stomach cancer for a few years now. And even in his pastor's conference sermon, a lot of, you know, that, Uh, A lot of what he said sort of came out of that experience. He was, you know, preaching out of Philippians 4 and uh, really laying out how Jesus is enough. So, the articles we've sort of thrown out in the show notes for that are, you know, about him on the executive committee, uh, an article about his pastor's conference sermon, also Todd Bankert's post at um, SBC Voices about why he nominated Shane Hall. And I threw a video in there from a couple of years ago, uh, so it's not from this year, but it was when he uh, gave the opening prayer at the U.S. House of Representatives. So, uh, if you don't know as much about him, uh, there's a way to get to know him, but I think uh, he definitely qualified as a fascinating Southern Baptist. Uh, Number four is another uh, Southern Baptist from Oklahoma, and that is uh, James Lankford. So, uh, do you know much about James Lankford?
0: I know that he's a senator. From Oklahoma, he
1: is. Yes, he's United States Senator from Oklahoma. That's correct. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you might see him on the um, sort of the the Sunday shows or on the cable news shows on interviews because he uh, he sits on some important committees right now. He's on the committee on appropriations. The Committee on Homeland Security and uh, Governmental Affairs. Uh, the the one that he's kind of most seen on television for is that he's on the Intelligence Committee in the Senate. So uh, definitely that that's an that's an important role right now. So he's not just uh, someone who is a, you know a Southern Baptist you know faithful uh, church member. He's someone who has worked for Oklahoma Baptists and has served. He's them, a denominational uh, as the lackey. Director. That's uh well, I'm not going to say he was a lackey, well,
0: you know, I just you know,
1: yeah, but uh, but definitely has been a real part of what we do, and then turned around and took his skills uh to go and serve uh the country, so he took his
0: talents uh, to d c
1: that's right, he did, so a number of articles from Baptist press about things that he's been doing over the years, so he is definitely a fascinating Southern Baptist, especially because he was a denominational employee uh, for Oklahoma Baptist who then went on and is doing this. All right, so number five uh, is a uh, named Dwight McKissick. Now, I know we're going to probably talk about him next week in our, uh, re- um, in our recap of the year uh, because we will discuss some of those resolutions, but I wanted to sort of, I want to bring up Dwight McKissick in particular. Uh, He was the pastor in Texas who submitted the the alt-right resolution um, to the Southern Baptist Convention this year. And the reason I bring him up in particular uh, is for a couple of things. One is that it is a pretty big deal for the procedural things that happened this this summer um, when someone steps up to tried to bring a resolution out of committee, which it did not on the, you know, at, which it did not in the beginning meet the two-thirds threshold, but things were sort of worked together as we know and discussed um, in the past to bring a resolution. But Dwight was instrumental in that uh, in how he worked. And it, it was kind of a beautiful thing seeing how he and Barrett Duke uh, at the press conference after sort of had that moment where they spoke. But then he turned around and in the uh, aftermath of the Southern Baptist Convention, when we had, you know, Lawrence Ware and some other people saying, I'm leaving, he stepped up and very publicly in the Washington Post said, here's why I'm staying in the SBC. And then he turned around and has done some things since then. Um, and I put a, a Baptist Press article about an event he did with Steve Gaines um, that was kind of a, a discussion about race. So So this is someone who has wanted to enter into the discussion, bring something up, but also really wants to stay and sort of do the hard work to have this this conversation. So uh, he's definitely made an impact in the SBC in in the year 2017. So I wanted to to throw him in there. Number six is Roy Moore and I think everyone knows why he is fascinating in the year 2017. Um, so he had to be on the list. He is a Southern Baptist, a member of a Southern Baptist church there in Alabama. Um, but I don't know that I need to go into a lot of detail. I think all of our listeners have been hearing about him for the last couple We're still couple waiting of on the months. results of the recount, Amy. Right. That's correct. Uh, so I'm not even going to, I mean, who knows that it hasn't been certified yet, so he is waiting to find out. Uh, But I don't think it needs a lot of explanation as to why he would be a fascinating uh, person in the year 2017. Number seven, staying in politics, Um, Scott Pruitt.
0: Another Oklahoman.
1: Yeah, what is it about Oklahoma?
0: 40%. 40% of your list is Oklahoma, by the way. Just throwing it out there.
1: I don't do math, so I'm not. I guess that just means
0: four. That's four out of 10. Yeah, 40%. Yeah. Yeah. Even you can do that math. Well.
1: Anyway, go Oklahoma. That's right. It, it, it took me a second after I said that. I remembered, oh, well, it just needs to be four. But anyway, moving on, lots of Oklahomans. I have a, a, a huge appreciation Um Apparently for so. So, yes. So, Scott Pruitt, Southern Baptist from Oklahoma, has been very involved as a trustee at Southern Seminary. Uh, he's on the cabinet. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah. EPA hit. Yeah.
1: So... Yes, heads EPA. So I've thrown a Baptist Press article in there about, uh, about him seeking, you know, that with a Southern Baptist praying for him. But then also I found a story that, that looked very interesting and that's from a newsletter. It's called EE News or ENE News and it's sort of the newsletter for energy and environment.
0: I bet that is a absolutely thrilling newsletter.
1: Yes. Well, this article is called, it's titled Scott Pruitt, Christ Follower. So this is an article about his faith. So it's a faith profile in, in a,
0: in an environmental right, and energy in, magazine. Wow.
1: Right. In a professional magazine. So it's very interesting. So it gives you, you know, we have the Baptist Press article that's talking about him, uh, from, you know, the, us sort of talking about him, but then we get an opportunity to see how his faith is viewed by those, um, in his, uh, in his, area. All right. So anyway, de- certainly, definitely fascinating.
0: Okay. This next one is my favorite one of the bunch.
1: Yeah. So it's Madeline Ray.
0: And and many people are probably thinking, Amy, who's Madeline Ray?
1: Who is Madeline Ray? Well, if you were at the Southern Baptist convention, annual meeting, um, particularly for the IMB report, you would know who she is. Um, so Madeline is um, a young lady who, um, uh, did a, a pretty incredible, incredible thing. Um, she, uh, in the fifth grade, uh, experienced something that I am not even sure how to um, pronounce. I'm going to say arteriovenous malformation. That I works. I think that's, that's what it is caused a lot of, uh, a series of strokes. So what happened was, a uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, as she's dealing with all of this, uh, they come in to offer a vacation to her and her family. So they make a plan and then she had some complications and she couldn't travel. So the trip gets canceled and the illness is, is continuing to be an issue. So she says, um, in this letter, she had written a letter to uh, David Platt, president of the IMB, that um, that needing so much help, you know, showed her that uh, that she needed Christ, and so what she wanted to do is really to share the love of Christ to unreached people and places, but she can't travel. And so she wanted to see her wish make an impact for the sake of the gospel. And so she basically turned around. Instead of getting to go to the other side of the world herself, uh, she is trying to send resources to the other side of the world. So there's this incredible video. Uh, We'll have a link to it. It was shown at the SBC annual meeting. It's really neat. It shows her going to uh, the IMB headquarters in Richmond, um And the the title of the article and the video is A Single Wish That Will Echo in Eternity. So, really and just incredible a heads up thing. on
0: that if you're going to watch that video, have the tissues yeah. nearby.
1: Yes, absolutely. It was a, it's a pretty phenomenal thing. So, Madeline Ray, definitely a fascinating Southern Baptist. All right, number nine, I have to put this one in here. Um, I'm, I'm going to move on to number I said, 10
0: because I'm still bitter about nope, that, nope. that game in January.
1: Well, so number nine, as I said, we go it to, to different. Uh, different areas, and we have to think about folks who are fascinating in all kinds of ways. Um, there is a, a member, uh, New Spring, which is a New Spring church in uh, South Carolina. It uh, is a Southern Baptist church. Uh, Clayton King is the pastor there, and they have a uh, a church member who has definitely made an impact over the, the last year, over 2017, and my family is hoping uh, Will make an impact in twenty eighteen, and that is uh, Dabo Sweeney.
0: Yeah, this was Keith's pick on the list. I'm sure.
1: Well, I name, I, I picked him. But um, Keith was pretty excited and agreed. So uh, Dabo Sweeney is the coach of uh, Clemson Tigers, and uh, who won the national championship in January. Uh, My family was actually in Southeast Asia at the time, and we were tracking it on our phones. Uh, What was happening was a very exciting moment. I'll never forget when we saw on Twitter uh, that they had won. We kept just scrolling and kind of – Resyncing, resyncing, and then Mary ran across the room and jumped in Keith's arms and it was just really sweet.
0: Um Was that before or after so, the the cliff diving that left you basically unable to move?
1: That was after the cliff jumping, not diving, oh, which okay. basically left me unable to move. There's a certain position like you should be straight up and down uh for those listening you should be straight up and down if you jump off a cliff 30 feet into the water. And if you're not, and you hit at any kind of an angle, it, it causes a good bit of pain for several days, but moving on (laughs) after that, uh, Clemson won the national championship. Very exciting for my family. Um, because, uh, keeps uh, families, uh, a long line of, of Clemson graduates. Uh, but one thing about, Dabo Sweeney. That's very evident is uh, is his faith and uh, how it impacts him. So I've thrown in several articles. Uh, a lot of them are not from 2017 because they were written before. But one from actually from the News Observer here about him. Uh, the Baptist Courier did an article on him in 2008. Uh, he did a video for Newspring about uh, his family's you know choice. But then the FCA um organization FCA's magazine did do an article on him uh, in the September issue of this year. So, uh it's it's uh pretty pretty neat how um his faith sort of intersects with what he does and so I think that but then also just the fact that he uh has been able to do uh, what he's done with Clemson does make him a fascinating Southern Baptist uh for sure. And then finally, number ten, uh, we decided and and you and I actually talked about this of who to who to put and uh we we selected the one person on the list who is no longer with us, Jim Wells. so uh Jim Wells from Missouri uh, was the uh, registration secretary for the Southern Baptist Convention for many, many, many years, um, and he uh, passed away just uh right after this year's annual meeting he wasn't able to be there because he was so sick um, at the end and so he he actually was supposed to be the registration secretary uh, but was unable to serve so don currents uh filled in for him and uh did did a very good job but he was certainly missed one of the things that um made such an impact on me. First of all, I watched him as registration secretary for years and then got the opportunity to be around him um, last year in St. Louis and just to to really see him do his job up close and just the integrity with which he did it. Uh, he took it very seriously. And in the that last uh, year that he served, in what proved to be a very difficult uh, situation with, the presidential election when it came to counting the votes, and he was committed to the integrity of that process. And so it was great to just see uh, his manner and way of doing things. Uh, But then also this year, I was hearing about him calling and talking to uh, John Yates, uh, who is the state uh, executive director in Missouri and recording secretary, and all he was talking about on the phone as uh, we were getting ready for the meeting, all he was telling uh John Yates was about uh how he just wanted to share Christ with people as long as he was here, he wanted to uh to to share the gospel with whoever he met and talked to uh, so a pretty incredible impact, and I think very worthy of mentioning i don't think he is a person who ever sought sort of the limelight or the spotlight oh, he not just at all. wanted to do his job. Um, and to me, that's what makes him fascinating. So uh, we had some articles in the obituary from Baptist Press. Um, the article just about the slate of officers, because since he and, and uh, as I said, he was um, he was not at the annual meeting. Uh, it was after the meeting was adjourned that that he went on to be with the lord but um we had sort of an interesting election because to replace him was very difficult um and a number of nominations came up so that ended up being kind of the biggest election of this year was just the the recount and yeah that, that threw the schedule a lot of
0: whack because there was what six yeah. i think
1: yes six nominations I th- I think so. so it took about 20 yeah, minutes 25 minutes
0: to that and right. wow, and we had a, a runoff and everything yeah
1: yes Yeah. And then the runoff was, you know, uh, even had to because Don Currents, who ultimately won that, he had been the person uh, who was filling in this year. So he obviously couldn't be in the room during that election. Um, so then we had to kind of make that so he would leave and other people would handle it. It was just very uh maintaining that integrity of the process as well. So it, it made for an interesting aspect of this year's meeting. I also threw in a link to this year's SBC annual. Um, that is a a digital copy on the uh, site for the historical library and archives. And on page 68 of that, you can see the resolution of appreciation that the executive committee, um, put forward for him as he was, uh, not, as he was going to be the outgoing registration secretary. So, uh, definitely, um, a fascinating Southern Baptist. All right. And that's it. That's 10.
0: Yep, that is 10. So those are your 10. So into recap, uh, half of the state of Oklahoma made the list and a few other people as well. So um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jerry Falwell, Steve Green, Shane Hall, James Langford, Dwight McKissick, Roy Moore, Scott Pruitt, Madeline Ray, Dabo Sweeney, and of course the late Jim Wells. So uh, a very fine and worthy list, Amy. Uh, I cannot disagree with any of them uh, on their fascinating quotient, I guess you could say. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: I guess I'm going to break the rules a little bit this week, and I'm going to talk about something that actually happened next week. Well, in that's, SBC fair. History. that's
0: fair. That's fair. That, that's allowed. The judges will allow right. it. We voted fourteen to one to allow that, Amy. So this mm-hmm. isn't the UN Security Council, so we'll we'll allow it.
1: I see what you did there. Yeah. Um. So this is actually something, it's a story that's already floating around, but I just felt like we needed to talk about it, Um, especially as this is our last news week. Next week, we'll just be doing our year recap, so um, we'll take a break from this segment. But uh, there was a piece on IMB's website, and then it also has run now at Baptist Press, Um, and it is about the the 15-year mark for uh, the incident in Yemen. Where uh, the three IMB medical missionaries uh, were killed by a gunman, and uh, you know, I, I I remember this. This is one of the first I sort do of not. major things. Sorry, yeah, I I was we were in Louisville at the time, and I just remember it coming up and being talked about. I think I remember hearing about it on the news first, and then finding out that they were IMB missionaries. Um, but it's a really beautiful story um, written by Michael Logan, who. Actually went to Yemen, uh, not long after the attack. Uh, so it was on December 30th, 2002, when these three uh, missionaries—Kathleen, Gary, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Bill Cohn and Martha Myers um, were were tragically uh, were tragically killed, and he writes about his experience of walking around in the hospital where they had been about the hospital workers showing, uh, him things that they had been doing, had been working on. It's pretty incredible. And, um, our, one of our great friends, Susan Booth, uh, who she and her husband, Steve are at the Canadian Baptist Theological Seminary. She just posted, um, the other day on Facebook that she and one of them uh, and one of the missionaries, Kathy, that that she and Steve and Kathy had all been, you know, commissioned together. So uh, I know that this is, is not far from, or I know that this is familiar in the minds to many Southern Baptists, and then there are a lot of Southern Baptists who knew these uh, individuals. So I just really wanted to bring that up to the forefront. If you hadn't seen the story on IMB or Baptist Press, go and check it out. Um, and the way I kind of thought about it was to say that, You know, these were three individuals, faithful uh, servants, faithful IMB missionaries who were just doing their work one day at a time, very quietly this week in SBC history, uh, not knowing and understanding what was about to happen and the impact um, that that this would have. So uh, remembering them and their work.
0: All right. Well, that is a good thing to remember. Uh, you know i I remember some of the uh, the videos that we saw from the i m b and one of them was that wall of missionaries who have uh, lost their life in their uh calling overseas and uh these three missionaries uh, were on uh, on that wall and uh it is a, a good reminder that some of our missionaries go and uh, we, we, they they don't return and uh, they they're taking mm-hmm. the gospel to the ends of the earth. And sometimes that does uh, cost them their lives, and uh, they go anyway. And we respect that, and we, yes. we are thankful for them uh, for doing that. And uh, it's a good reminder, as uh, we wrap up our Lottie Moon season and uh, my Lottie videos, uh, today's video is uh, from Bart Barber. Uh, we shared it earlier this week on our uh, Facebook and Twitter page. Uh, so uh, you, hopefully you've been following along on these my Lottie stories Uh, but here is our story from Bart Barber.
2: Hi, I'm Bart Barber from First Baptist Church in Farmersville, Texas, and uh, we're a church who in the past few years uh, have gotten really involved in uh, directly going as a church to share the gospel. We've adopted an unengaged, unreached people group in Senegal, and uh, we've been uh, going over there several times a year, we've spent s- several thousand dollars uh, and have seen people come to faith in Christ, and we're working hard on planning a church. And uh, I know sometimes uh, churches uh, consider things like uh, giving uh, through the cooperative program, giving through the Lightning of Christmas offering, giving to support the IMB, and uh, contrast that against what they could accomplish spending that kind of money on their own missionary efforts. Uh, But I've got to say, uh, for our part, the things that we've done directly to share the gospel have been greatly enhanced by our investment in the work of the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. We wouldn't have known that our people group existed if it were not for what the IMB is doing. And we would not have been able to make initial contacts with them, but for the help of the IMB, We've had logistical assistance with the IMB all the way through in this process. And then we've also gotten to know missionaries who are working in West Africa and who who are working in other parts of the world uh, to reach the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, the closer that you get uh, to see the, the dedication and to see the challenges that are faced and then overcome by our missions personnel, the more that you want to give and so that's why as a church uh, we give uh, an amount that uh, our our goal for this year is nearly a tenth of our annual church budget and uh, we'll meet that and exceed it uh, if we follow what our previous year's patterns have been Uh, we're a hundred percent in support of the International Mission Board and we're thankful for the work that our missionaries do. Uh, So I hope that you'll join me uh, in providing generous support to all of our missionaries this Christmas season uh, by supporting the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions.
1: All right. And thanks for that. And uh, go and make sure, don't just stick with the audio. Uh, Go check out the video as well, because really great to see the work that First Baptist Farmersville is doing uh, in Africa, and just to kind of see the the images of that. So thanks so much, Bart, for sharing that story and uh, for what your church is doing.
0: All right. Well, Amy, I think that's going to cap off another year of news in the Southern Baptist Convention, barring something absolutely big happening over the next week and a half. We will be back next week with a year-end recap.
1: Yes, and this is the one where we go through our questions that we asked uh, at the beginning, and we ask questions, and then we, get, we go at the end and we answer them. And I don't know about you, I don't ever go back and look at them until the very end. So it's kind of fun because I don't remember what our questions were. So we will answer those, and then we will name the, uh, ten, the top 10 stories of the year um, in the SBC. And then the next week, we'll have our New Year's story where we ask questions for 2018.
0: Yeah, we're just trying to figure out how to word those questions because we have a lot of questions.
1: It's always interesting to just think think through how to communicate.
0: Yes, it is. So uh, we are excited. Thanks again for joining us this year on SBC This Week. Be sure to check us out over the break. And like we said, if anything major, major, major does break over The holiday period, we may drop a special episode, uh, a quick, you know, discussion about a certain topic. If anything major, major happens over the next couple of weeks, if not, uh, we'll see you back here uh, with some news in the first part of January. But we will, like Amy said, we will be having episodes the next couple of weeks. uh, A recap uh, and looking forward to 2018.
1: Absolutely, and um, you know it'll be almost uh, the end. It'll be the 29th of December when our Next episode drops, so to all of our listeners and to you, Jonathan, and your family, Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas to you and uh, Keith and the kids as well. Y'all coming to Tennessee?
1: Uh, we will be there after Christmas okay. for a few days, yes.
0: All right. So. Well, sounds good. And uh, maybe we'll get to see you while you're here. Maybe not. So who knows how that works we'll out. See. So you need to come see the new building. If if nothing else, maybe I can yeah. meet you down there and you and the, the family can come and check out the new building. My family still hasn't been, so maybe we can all meet up downtown and uh and see the new building together
1: that would be very cool we'll have to we'll have to see how the schedule goes but i'm sure we're going to make it downtown at some point so we can try to swing in a trip
0: all right well um one one final note we talked about it a little bit last week the behold the lamb of god uh video if you didn't have a chance to see that last week i know we talked about it it was supposed to be ending last saturday they've extended that through tuesday amy so Folks, if, if you want to see the Behold the Lamb of God concert, which Amy and I strongly suggest that you do, go check that out. Uh, we've got the link in last week's show notes. You can just find that, bounce over to the rabbit room, and pick yes. that up and, and check it out. $15. bucks. It's it would be a great thing to watch Christmas Very morning. Worth so I am, Very worth uh, it. Very worth I've it. been watching it quite a bit the last week or so because they've left it up. and yeah. uh, It's just so good. So Check it out, Excellent. and uh, we will see you next week.
1: See you next week.